Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, September 2nd, 2022. From bleepingcomputer.com, a little bit of an update on the LockBit and Trust issue that was going on. If you recall that uh, LockBit ransomware had infected Entrust and they threatened to release some data, Entrust apparently responded by DDoSing LockBit. That may have delayed the release of data, but not permanently according to this article that a few days ago on ClearNet, a torrent of 343.62 gigabytes in size was released. Now, the article also goes on to note that the LockBit gang lists more than 700 victims and interest is one of them, and that the data for the company was leaked on August 27th. From Security Week, iOS 12 update for older iPhones patches exploited vulnerability. Apparently on Wednesday of this week, Apple started shipping patches for older iPhone and iPad devices. Now, specifically, the devices listed here that are impacted are iPhone 5S, iPhone 6, iPhone 6 Plus, iPad Air, iPad Mini 2, iPad Mini 3, and iPad Touch 6th generation. So if you're still using any of these devices you would want to upgrade to iOS 12.5.6. This apparently is going to fix the exploit for CVE 2022-32893, vulnerability rather. The Apple did not share details on the exploitation of these vulnerabilities, although there was apparently a claim that someone was offering to sell an exploit for $2.5 million, but those claims were not verified. Over 1,800 Android and iOS apps are found leaking hard-coded AWS credentials, according to the Hacker News. Researchers have identified 1,859 apps across Android and iOS that contain hard-coded Amazon Web Services credentials. Obviously, this poses a major security risk. Quote from the researching team, over three-quarters of the apps contained a valid AWS access tokens allowing access to private AWS cloud services. These uh, tokens could be traced to a shared library, third-party SDK, or other shared component used in developing the apps. Now, according to the article, to make matters worse, 47% of the identified apps contained valid AWS tokens that granted complete access to all private files and Amazon Simple Storage Service, that's S3, buckets in the cloud. This included, quote, infrastructure files and data backups, among others. The National Network for Connecting Medical Centers with Donated Human Organs faces doubts about its ability to secure data amid mounting concerns over its IT infrastructure, this according to Bank InfoSecurity. Specifically, UNOS, that is the United Network of Organ Sharing, which manages that network at the behest of the Health Resources and Services Administration, lacked system monitoring and only had draft procedures for access controls when federal auditors conducted their review. Now, according to the article, hackers breaching the system could create any number of disruptions in the system connecting available organs with patients in need. Obviously, here, if you're talking about a disruption that even if it's a small one, it could it could mean life or death because this is a very time intensive issue and need. Now, apparently, UNOS has been under scrutiny by Congress with some lawmakers, including the Senate Finance Committee, calling for reforms in how organ procurement and transplants are managed. From 
a quote from Diane Brockmere, that she is the chief executive of an organ procurement organization, in written uh, testimony before the committee said, the UNOS network, IT network is, quote, outdated, difficult to use, and often slow to function. Sounds like that there's some significant areas that could be improved there. Here's something I have to admit I never really thought about before from dark reading, that ghost data increases enterprise business risk. You may be asking yourself, well, what's ghost data? It's not from the old police album, Ghost in the Machine. It is actually when data gets deleted from cloud systems. It it isn't completely gone. Then they say that copies can linger in backups or snapshots of, of data stores. And this is from a research from Sierra. And their recent analysis shows that enterprises have quite a lot of it. According to their research, over 30% of data stored in the public cloud is actually ghost data. And of those ghost data stores, over 58% contains sensitive or very sensitive data. And of course, here we're talking about risk without reward, because obviously the data would have been deleted for some business reason. It is not needed anymore. So the issue of ghost data can be a serious risk if you really think about it. And then finally, the last two articles, they're not really news per se. They're they're but they're interesting, I think, to the information security and cybersecurity communities. The first one comes from Ars Technia, and it's from a security reporter who got fooled by a blatant fish. And it begins with a little bit of the stoking of the ego. He was awarded the for some coveted blue check mark on Twitter. And to him, he wasn't really interested in it. It was a surprise, and he happened to mention it on his Twitter account. And that was the vector in for the bad guys to kind of play on that ego trip a little bit. And he fully admits that he was sucked in for a bit. So it's a good read because I think that it's great for us to read when other people get sucked into something. He was able to pull himself out, but... We can only learn from that, and that's why he self-admitted it in the article, which I think is wonderful to do that in public. And then the second article comes from CSO. Y'all remember Stuxnet? It was 12 years ago when it was first identified. This is, of course, the malware that caused the Iranian centrifuges to pretty much self-destruct. And as time went on, it was determined that... It was created by the intelligence agencies of the United States and Israel. Well, this article actually goes through a pretty decent history about Stuxnet, how it was developed, what happened with it. And I thought that it was a really great read for sharing. So I hope that that particularly that that article about the reporter being fooled is something that you can learn from. And we're all human and we can make mistakes. And I have a couple more thoughts on that in 30 seconds. When I ask people to send me documents or resumes, I will ask that they're sent in PDF form. And that's because more than 20 years ago, I was clicking on a document that was sent from a trusted colleague. It was a Word document. And apparently there was a macro in there and that infected my machine. I want to guess that it was probably around 1999. And so since then I have in the, my mind that 
Word docs bad, PDF good. And of course, really any document can be infected, but it permanently changed my awareness to an extent. I think that we constantly have to think about that, particularly when we get busier and busier, we have more and more access that we're, we have to realize that no matter how good we are or how long we've been in the industry, and remember, I'm 33 years now into this, that that is not going to mean that I can't fall for something like this. It can happen to the best of us and it can happen at any time. Most of the times when it happens is when we're distracted. When we're distracted, that's when we really need to pull ourselves away if we're doing something critical or even if we're reading email. You know, the the overused but still effective campaign slogan from the federal government was stop, think, connect. And that still holds true today. And really for anything, you could say that if you're about to say something to somebody or if you're about to post something online, just think about what you're doing. And and when you're about to click on something, you know, the old adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So that's the first line of defense there, I think. But also question. And really, if you're not expecting a link, don't click on it. I don't, never want to get to the point where you get so paranoid. I mean, there's, there's, there's one way, to, obviously, to avoid these sorts of phishing type exercises. And that is very simple. It's don't open email or don't for smishing, don't, don't open text messages. That's a, that's a kind of a foolproof way to avoid that. But what kind of impact on your life would that have in our overly connected world? Although I have to admit that I guess a fantasy of mine when I actually retire is cutting myself off from all of this. <laughs> I don't think I can though. Until next time, stay secure.